0: This is Movies, a podcast about the active cinema. With me today, of course, is Hans, who is stretching his joints because he's old.
1: Yeah, I worked, I I sit for 10 hours, so I have to stretch because I'm old. So everything hurts, usually. Wait a minute, you
0: just had a birthday. Happy birthday, Hans. Hans's birthday just just passed. How old are you now? 36. What? Are you sure about that? You've been saying you were 36 (laughs) for like the past three years.
1: No, 86. Yeah,
0: thirty six. Damn,
2: dude, that's the same year I was
1: born. Yeah.
2: How about that? You're older than what, me. You're older
0: than me. I'm I. Thirty six in November. Slide, yeah. Oh man, Hans, you're the senior of the podcast now. Hey, we got Brandon back on the show. <laughs>
1: yeah, Brandon's making back. it a point now. Yeah. Great yeah. to be back.
0: <laughs> yes, great to be on it's, the show. It's it's good to have you back. Um, are you excited, by the way, for this new Michael Mann? Tokyo Vice is going to HBO Max soon. I, I'm, I'm. You
2: know what? I, I'm a, I, I can't, I can't get exci- like super excited about things until like they're right up on me, and I get more excited about movies than I do series because you know I, I'm, I'm always late to the game on series. Like you know, like I was just like talking about like, oh, I just watched Succession, like you know, on a Tales mm-hmm. from the Mall recently or whatever. I feel retarded, like.
0: Did you did, um, you did you finish it? Are you all caught up? Because I only started it. on that last year.
2: No, I haven't finished it. You know, I kind of lost. I lost a little bit of interest halfway through. Probably about.
0: I would. My say, favorite show is, uh, My favorite show is Entourage. So that that tells you what. Well, uh... it's <laughs> classic HBO. I've been I've been watching a lot of Oz uh, lately. I've been oh, digging dude, back. That show's in the... so brutal. It's great. It's a prison soap opera, essentially. It's shot in a real, like, shitty, almost like someone's recording a play type manner, totally. and uh, it's great. Just the constantly interchanging relationships between all the characters. I'm already on season three of that, and that I've been watching. Uh, Sex wow. in the City, early Sex really? in the City. There, just yes, I have. Uh, I don't really have much of an excuse for that. I was just—I was in a mood for late '90s wanna, New York. Yeah, You want
1: to catch up with it so you can watch the new series. I that's guess.
0: right. I'm so eager for and just like that.
3: <laughs>
1: I got to be honest with you. I'm kind of—I'm kind of jazzed to just kind of see, like, fig,
2: see the Batman, like, see what that's all about.
0: I got a torrent of it um, because I—I I don't know if I want to take the risk going to the movie theater this time. I risked it for the Card Counter. I risked it for Resident Evil. Because New York's hardcore, obviously, I got turned away from bowling recently (laughs) because of political reasons, political (laughs) discrimination, and uh, you know it does go to HBO Max in like forty days, but I mean Hans is going to see it Saturday, so I feel pressure to go watch this damn Batman. And I love Batman. I got Batman on the wall behind me. I I have a real soft spot for
2: Batman, though. though. So, here's something that's true: is I haven't seen any of the Batman's in between the Batman. And mm-hmm. the Dark Knight Rises, so no Ben Affleck, right? Well, but I'm but I'm open, to, but I'll bet it's good. Like I'm sure I, I would love it.
0: Well, do you have strong feelings at all about Zack Snyder's other work, like Three Hundred or Watchmen or anything like that? Um,
2: I, I thought Watchmen was really entertaining. That's the only thing I think I've seen of his.
0: Well, it's very bombastic. It's kind of uh, his, his directing style. I always enjoy because it's like, what if Michael Bay was pretentious? <laughs> that's essentially Zack snyder um so hey. batman versus Men, same way and then his four-hour justice league is uh i think a great piece of uh, fantasy work but you know, hans why are you looking away again every time i talk up Zack snyder he acts like he has never said anything positive about him because he's just embarrassed that he likes Zack. no snyder. i've he's never justice
1: it, it, it's not that i've never said anything positive about him i just think that you go a little
0: overboard sometimes. <laughs> I don't go overboard. People bring it up and I talk about that's how that okay. goes. Yeah. But I do I did buy a Blu-ray uh on eBay of uh uh Legend of the Guardians, The Gahool, where the <laughs> owls are talking affected <laughs> by yes. yeah. an animated his owl early movie. films. Yeah. yeah, one of
1: his early movies, right? After I think that was after uh, That was after I, think that was... I don't know.
0: It was it was somewhere around Dawn of the Dead and 300. That's right, Hans. See, you're such a big right, fan. You yeah. know these things, but I enjoyed oh, that animated movie. So wait, so so okay. Let me just back
2: up here for a sec. So so Zack Snyder did the remake of Dawn of the Dead, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, I, I I would love to see that. Um, it's a mall movie, so yeah. uh, that'd be perfect curious, for you. Kind of yeah. curious about that, and then um, so so here's the deal on 300. It came out when I was in college. And I was a film major in college, and I had a real bad attitude, you know, like just like really snobby guy. Mm-hmm. And my roommates were all like bros, who you know couldn't sit through 15 minutes of you know John Cassavetes if I made them. And uh, and they loved 300, so I was like, oh, it probably is gay. But uh, yeah. but I would I'm 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 willing to revisit it. I'm you know with a fr- fresh set of eyes, new attitude to different guy you know
0: i think it it is
2: it
1: is gay (laughs) it is very gay but it is good (laughs) Uh, legend of the guardians the owls of gahul that's that's right yes that was after Watchmen. wow okay so
2: so here's here's what when i saw Watchmen is when i uh, was after i graduated college i got into my toyota corolla in madison wisconsin and drove to California and was overstaying my welcome at various places in Northern California, like with friends and stuff. And it got to the point where I had to sleep on the floor of my uncle's office. So as his, as his employees were leaving for the night, I would show up and come into his office and then just like lie in my sleeping bag and watch movies on a laptop computer Movies that I'd rented from the blockbuster video down the street, and I and I had been reading Watchmen, like the first graphic novel I'd ever read, and I thought it was fascinating. And so I watched that on my laptop. And while it didn't measure up in my mind to the graphic novel, I did think that it had merit, especially that scene. Okay, I I can't remember. There's this like there's this like um, Scandinavian actress. Who is on billions
1: now,
0: or was on billions? Yeah, um
1: now. Uh, fuck. What's her name? Uh,
0: Are you talking about the woman who plays uh, Silk Spectre in the movie, Malin Ackerman? Yep, they
1: bet her, yes, yes,
0: yes. And she
2: yeah, has yeah. sex with one of the other characters, she, and it's like, I was like, uh, wow, yeah. she's really hot.
1: Um, she's in Coolmer, that was my... and her her whole scene is just her showing her tits. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly.
2: <laughs> that <movie. laughs> well, that sticks they, out
1: in my mind, Hans. Yeah, yep. That's but, that's uh, the only thing but, I remember about that movie. Mm. <laughs> But I'm willing a... I'm willing to give
2: I'm willing oh, to ahead. give Zack Snyder his due. You know, like like I'm willing to take take a look.
0: That's another good one where if you watch the director's cut especially, seems like they really enjoy cutting a good 30 minutes off of his movies whenever they're right about to go to theaters. Because if you watch the director's cut, it, it's a much better film than the theatrical, and I enjoyed the theatrical. But then he takes it a little too far, because there's also an animated cartoon that goes along with it, with Gerard Butler as uh, uh, the pirate in the, yeah, Tales, for, the Tales of the Black Freighter. Yeah, you don't want the version that that includes that. But I think I think he's always, like at least operating at a 6.5 or 7 out of 10, which mm. I, I, I don't know. I enjoy that... He gives a shit about these properties when he doesn't really have to. That he he tries to add his own stamp to that and implement something a little bit deeper, even if it comes off, um, you know, kind of dumb at times. Um, I I don't think there's really anyone like him that's operating at his his level, wouldn't you say, Haz? What do you feel about him doing a version of the Fountainhead? Cause that's, that's old the- news. He wanted to do that for for a minute. He wanted to do, adapt the Fountainhead. That ain't happening okay. though. He got all he got right. all panicky when they were like, are you right wing? He's like, no, I'm going to go direct this Joe Biden commercial now.
1: Uh, <laughs> Great. Well,
0: that's. Yeah, that's no, I don't.
1: I, I don't dislike him. I just I just think that uh, you and a couple of guests that we had before okay. kind of go a little little overboard sometimes. So who's yeah.
0: a director that deserves the, the sort of attention that I give Zack Snyder?
1: Uh, uh, I don't know modern, but the, they're yeah. still working. I don't, I don't know. I don't think there's many. I, I, you know how it goes every time you fucking put me on the spot. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing this right now? Uh, uh, Lena Dunham.
0: Yeah, well, she's got two movies out this year. I thought there was only gonna be one. Are you big on any of Lena? I mean, we were just talking about HBO a second ago. Did you ever watch like Girls or anything I did. like that, Brandon? I, I,
2: I went crazy with Girls.
0: think
2: mm. It's a good show. I mean, like obviously, I, I think it is too. You know, Lena, Lena, and I—we don't like probably see eye to eye on like a lot of like <laughs> party politics, but I mean, she's like an exhibitionist, like me, and uh, yeah, it's and and I think the it's a funny show. It's a funny. She's able to keep it an interested and in sorted. The characters are not good people for the most part. I mean, mm. a character that so my mom also watched it, and she's like the Adam Driver oh, character. She's like, oh, he's disgusting. And I mean, yeah, he's kind of <laughs> gross, but I think he's actually like one of the more noble characters
1: on the in the program i think um, I think he just don't understand the way moms think though uh I don't think it's possible for a mom to or or uh over thirty five forty mom would appreciate a guy that's just like let me come on your back and there's a whole scene where he comes on the girl's back yeah i, yeah. That's well, I,
2: a, I mean you know what kind of a... <laughs> i was just thinking about that about how like he my mom watched him like eat that girl's ass and then like come on her back like my mom saw that Great. Right. she knows i did too but you know whatever
1: Right, so if he's like, "Oh, he's a nice boy, it's still kind of like he still ate that girl's ass. I don't know. I don't know how to feel about these characters. Well, right, she knows
2: right. she, my my mom
1: already knows about
2: how depraved men are.
1: She's married to my fucking dad Portuguese man, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you're right, so uh,
2: you know, but uh, yeah, I like girls, but I haven't seen anything else that she's done. I actually have seen her in person um when her book came out my girlfriend uh took us downtown to downtown portland to see her read from the book um and at the time i had no idea i'd not seen girls i had no desire to i thought she was i thought she was disgusting but you know you still
0: think she's disgusting
2: uh well no (laughs) comment i mean she's not
0: (laughs) she's not my type
2: of gal but She's Talented. Feel disgusted. She's talented. I do think she is talented because she's not what because she's she's willing to like put herself out there, like mm. she's exposed,
0: you know. And she, she gets loves being for being it. exposed, and she does love yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Did you ever watch Tiny Furniture? That's uh, for whatever reason that, that was just not a very pal- palatable uh, film to me.
1: I've not seen it. No, I started. Yeah, Curtin.
0: you backed out that that yeah, got a lot like of recognition back in what was it 2011 or 2010 2009 maybe just because it was like oh it's a real film shot on a canon 7d and now it's in the criterion collection because her dad knows somebody there i guess I sure but i uh, mean yeah
2: uh, i mean i mean that's a valid that's a thing that people talk about it's like oh her dad and her, you know whatever but isn't that everybody i i to a yeah. certain extent yeah
0: i think uh, i mean nepotism is greatly ignored i think in general it's just a like whether you regard it doesn't really matter at what level of things you are nepotism is going to come into play 50 plus percent of the time in terms of getting yeah. you anywhere um now as far as lena dunham and girls and and tiny furniture goes you know this is all very aughts new york and aughts new york has a particular flavor to it we're going to be talking tonight about 1980s new york well with one and then one is 1980s Los, Los Angeles, Angeles. yeah. Very, so, very,
1: different flavors, both of them, too. You think so? Yeah,
0: I thought mm. so. Does that mean you didn't like one film and you liked another?
3: Yes.
0: Okay.
2: No, yeah. so. <laughs> well, okay. So, so here is an important thing to note: is that I have read both of these books. uh na going on uh, twelve years ago, I read both at the same time. Mm. So I don't the one the thing I remember the most about the books bright lights big city hit a lot harder to me than less than zero and and that i mean that's saying a lot because i mean brett easton ellis has way more cachet today and with people um than jay McInerney, who basically bright lights big city is it now he yeah. did have his I did read a second book which is about karate <laughs> but uh but um really? I'm, it, see, I'm yeah, not that place... familiar
0: with him as an author beyond Bright Lights Big City. I I, I caught some uh, at the beginning of some Charlie Rose interview he did where he was promoting a book called Brightness Falls, which I think was kind of like a, his maybe spiritual sequel to Bright Lights Big City because he got into his 30s and, and a little more disillusioned. I don't yeah. know. I don't know anything about it, though. I'm just well, like, ballparking. This he he became kind of he, he became kind of like a
2: uh, like a centrist political you know he he really he really took like like really just kind of melted into new york literary life and then he became like a wine critic
3: hmm.
2: and uh and and like you know he was he i think he wrote for you know he wrote for like new new york magazine or or something like that, and then he started getting into wine and he writes a lot about wine um but i I don't know that much about Jay McInerney. i mean his second book takes place in Japan and it's about a guy who's learning martial arts and i think it really flopped hard whereas brett you know american psycho uh rules of attraction he had he wrote he he was able to follow it up with with other books but less than zero does not re- did not resonate as hard as as bright lights big city and bright lights big city stylistically has that gimmick which works Or it's written in the
0: second person. Second person narrative, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I actually agree with you. I only read Bright Lights, Big City um, this past week, just on a whim, because I caught the trailer to the movie. I hadn't seen the movie either. I just watched that the other day uh, for the first time as well. And uh, I completely agree. I enjoy Brett Easton Ellis a lot. He's one of my favorite writers. But I was not all that impressed. And uh, I didn't connect so much with Less Than Zero, the book, anyway. Uh, I, you know, it even took me uh, two reads before I could even appreciate it as a novel because I thought this is, uh, you know, the praise for this is unwarranted. This is kind of a piece of shit. But um, my my opinion later crystallized a little bit into something uh, much more positive. Uh, I I guess I'm a a bigger fan of uh, American Psycho and Rules of of Attraction specifically, but I don't even think Brett has had like a good novel in a second did did you do you listen to his podcasts, by the way um uh just select episodes in fact one episode
2: i remember listening to was him and andrew mccarthy
0: yeah and, that was uh, uh they were talking a while back um and he does the audiobook narration for the sequel to less than zero andrew mccarthy which the, the name is escaping me at the moment i have it right over here on my bookshelf too um yeah. which they're retconning of uh that that clay character into like a variation of Patrick Bateman, just kind of fucking, it, 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 it was not my cup of tea with that book. Imperial um, Imperial Bedrooms? Imperial Bedrooms, that's right. <clears throat> um, at the, you know, Bertie Snellis' podcast has kind of fallen into a formula of, you know, I don't know if you watch like the YouTube commentators like Tim Pool or anyone like that, or any of these guys who are just so fed up with the culture that they can't shake away from this sort of awe of, just constantly observing what's horrible about it. Things are never going to be good again. Every single episode kind of has that rhythm to it where it's just Brett griping about, well, will movies ever come back? Maybe, maybe there's something wrong with my opinion. No, it's not my opinion. <laughs> Chloe Zhao fucking sucks. She's horrible. Why, why is this warranted? But I just watched Eternals with the millennial this week, and there's some good, th- you know, it's just it's that. But he did um, an audiobook throughout the stretch of his 2021 uh, run of the podcast where for the first 40 or 50 minutes of the show, he would, uh, you know, he, he wrote and then would uh, narrate his next book, which is called the shards. And it's about him in the 1980s. And I thought that was not bad until the end anyway. Um, you, and I, I think if you enjoy Lesson zero, if you enjoy rules of attraction and certainly American psycho, then that's within that wheelhouse and certainly uh, much closer to that than, lunar park was or uh, imperial bedrooms or anything else that he's had come out well, um, was okay so he had kind of like a memoir
2: or maybe it was a pseudo memoir that came White. out in about 2000 yeah. 2005 oh 2005 and I hmm. met him, yeah maybe it was lunar lunar park maybe it was i don't know it had like a green hardcover maybe I, I didn't read it um but i met him at a reading that he did of it at powell's books in portland and, uh, and, and it was interesting to see him, but Roger Avery was there. And I thought that was really cool. He was like, oh, you know, he's like, oh yeah, yeah. You know, oh, Hey, there's Roger Avery. And there, you know, it's Roger Avery. He's just like, Hey, what's up? And I was more star, you know, I didn't know at the time, I didn't know who Brett Easton Ellis was at all. So, but I knew who Roger Avery was obviously, um, you know, and so I thought that was really cool, but rules of attraction have not read the book. Have seen the movie probably like 25 times. Love it.
0: It's underrated. People don't, uh, people have slept on rules. I, I think it's come around a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but it It also, I don't know, maybe it came around a bit and then people forgot about it afterward. Because mm-hmm. American Psycho has just a streamline. People love that movie. Oh, Less yeah. Less than zero, people are hot and cold on Less than Zero as a film. Uh, it really depends on who you ask. And then Rules of Attraction is, um, I, I think, one that. Uh, you know, deserves its due and is certainly a very enjoyable film and a good late, not late 90s, but early aughts, feels like late 90s piece of uh, teen pop culture filmmaking that Mm -hmm. holds up much better than a lot of those films anyway.
1: Well, Well, really, I'll go ahead, Hans. Those those two main actors, too, from from that movie, uh, Shannon, what is it, Shannon Sussman? Sussman, Yes, the greatest, the hottest woman ever lived. (laughs) And James Van Der who what are they doing now? Like, they're it's very much from that era, like that time. Uh, it feels like uh, movies that were similar to that, or at least with, uh, that dealt with, like, early 20s, late 20s issues, starred them both a lot around this time. Uh, but this is, yeah, one of the, the decent ones, well, I guess. Well, The and, reason and, that
2: Rules of Attraction is, is good is because it's from the early 2000s when you have like these teen properties the one that pops into my head the most is american pie which mm. is is fine like it's it's i like to watch it it's entertaining but but rules of attraction which is about a little bit older people but not by much still young uh young adults is very generous like like it's not it it, it treats the subject matter you know like with some debt like it gives these people depth and um and that movie is is very good like the music is excellent and that like little short film that's in there that takes place in europe is so yeah. awesome
0: um there's apparently a, a feature length version of them doing that and it oh, was yeah. more or less cond- condensed down to that but for for some reason Roger Avery hasn't been able to uh release it so that would be something interesting to come up. I, I don't know what kind of legal troubles he's he's going through these days. I know he went to prison for a second, uh due to what was it, manslaughter or something. He oh, ran Jesus. over somebody while drunk driving. Yeah, he disappeared because oh, of oh
2: that. No. Oh I'm sorry to hear it,
0: Roger. My buddy Roger. You <laughs> know. <laughs> uh he would be good to get on on Tales from the Mall, Roger Avery. You can just you detail all of that see how he felt in the moment running yeah. over that that bar you know that could be good <laughs> yeah. do you know anything yeah. about, uh anything about him doing a
1: version of black hole that comic book about the so there's this comic book about this town uh where where people get this std called the uh, teen plague and they start getting deformities and shit so there was a rumor that he was going to direct a version of that I guess you guys are not familiar with it. Roger
0: Avery? No, I haven't heard anything. I haven't even heard of that comic book.
1: Okay, it's called Black Hole. It's pretty good. All right, never mind. Sorry. I guess it's an old rumor. An old rumor. The old rumor mill. And you're you're bringing it back up. You're firing the rumor mill
2: back up. He did a movie called Killing Zoe, uh, which I haven't seen, but I have it on DVD. I need to
0: watch it. Yeah, I'm not too familiar with Roger Avery's work, aside from, uh, obviously, his collaborations with Tarantino. So anything after Rules of Attraction, I'm kind of, that's a blind spot of mine. Sure. Um, But he he certainly seems like a a competent filmmaker from from what I've watched anyway. I know he just made a film recently after having gotten out of prison that has a couple of, Hans, do you want to look this up real quick? Uh, I feel like it came out in 2019 or 2018, and critics really hated this film. I think it's got a single percent on Rotten Tomatoes. That's how bad. Well, no. that, yeah. I th- I think it, it was a really bad turn for Roger Avery.
2: Well, you know, critics are retarded, although one percent is not uh that doesn't bode well. No, day. but you know
0: what? I re I, I rewatched Get Richard Die Trying the Fifty Cent movie recently which I remember thinking when I was 15 is like, this is a badass movie. This is great. Sure. Were you
1: because of the Super Bowl? You're like, yeah, I want to see more. Yeah, yeah. No,
0: I forgot 50 Cent even existed, (laughs) but I loved 50 Cent for for a while. And then I went back to it recently. I was like, yeah, this is still a good movie. What's the problem here? And it it has like a 16% on Rotten Tomatoes. I feel like it's just one of those movies where critics got it in their head like 50 Cent hasn't acted before. Even though you got Jim Sheridan... Of My Left Foot, and um, what was it? Uh, he's done tons of like legitimate films, uh, completely you know, decent screenwriter on board as well. 16, percent absurd. Eight, mi- it was a much better film than Eight Mile and and uh, ATL. For Eight that miles
1: sucks. Uh, oh, wow, the movie you're talking about is did lucky day, mm. it was from 2019, it has a nine percent credit, for forty that's, it. that's audience. right
0: yeah wow mm. well maybe maybe that's a diamond in the rough you know yeah just, like, well it says
1: one of the critics here it says uh, the top one It says the film is crassly violent and exclusively sexist horribly racist rampantly homophobic oh, and that's just chris, it sounds chris character
0: sounds like i want to watch this <laughs> Dude, i mean it's <laughs>
1: got it's got uh, nina dobrev
2: Crispin glover and uh, eric stoltz perfect that's great that's what happens
0: when you when you go to prison in 2006 and then come out in 2019 he he you know what jay he sounds like he'd be tales from the mall
2: like he'd be he'd be good to go
0: i think you should reach out i was trying to get anthony to uh to get alex jones on his show he he didn't believe he could get alex the alex jones but alex jones does a lot of these random youtube shows out of with like 120 views or something like any everybody is uh, attainable if you just reach out i i was sure. this close to getting Abel ferrara on the podcast i i got his email i said hey would do you want to come on my show and he said when and i said uh tomorrow at 3 and i never heard back from him. that was the end of my chat with Abel ferrara you should write but, again and be like again, hey how about again. tomorrow at 3 <laughs> 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 oh boy
2: one- um that well, Anthony had mold bug on his show.
0: We, yeah, should, Alex Jones is a perfect sequel. I think so. I think. I think. I think. I think he could probably get Alex Jones sure. pretty easily. Um, Hans, would you want to do a show with Alex Jones?
1: Yeah, on what? On a? Uh,
0: on one of his that? movies, Waking Life. I got,
1: oh, I've never seen his movies. I, I haven't seen
0: any of his documentaries. yet. <laughs> Did he do Zeitgeist? guys? No, 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 no. No, he didn't. He's in wake. He's he's in uh, Linklater's Waking Life. He's in wake. I, he's in a Scanner Darkly as well. He gets picked up right off the street and thrown into a trunk of a car in that movie. Uh, I know Linklater was a big Alex Jones fan, and uh, someone asked him about it in 2018 or 2017 when he was getting a lot of flack. He was like, "Oh yeah, that was that was before he became this this harmful." voice in politics oh my god are thing. those the posters of heath movie Have you Let seen see. the... up, let's, let's take a look at these alex jones films let's see
1: the uh,
0: art are you are you are, do you know anything about the alex jones documentary that alex lee moyer has coming out this year um not much um
2: i i just all i know is that it, that basically just what you said that it's that it's a moyer alex moyer property
0: mm-hmm um did you see or enjoy TFW no gf? I, I saw it and I enjoyed it. But I
3: the the I don't know. You know, I
2: mean I felt it, the
1: exact it, same it, way when I watched it. I was like it's I watched it.
2: You know, you and know, know was, what it was? I felt a, I was a little jealous that I wasn't in it.
0: <laughs> I was like okay. what well, I, I I'm an incel like what <laughs> I'd be good. So that, that movie was kind of the end of campbot though. He I went mean a maybe, nuts maybe after that. He went a little yeah. nuts after In fact, after that movie came out, he started coming after me. Well, he I mean, he
2: started coming after Gorgonzola man.
0: Oh right. Your your former identity? Yeah, well, what was the problem
2: with Gorgonzola I man? I couldn't man? quite tell. I could Well, he, okay, you want to know a little bit of lore is that um Gorgonzola man was in a chat.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And uh and maybe there was a guy in the chat who was friends with campbot
0: for real uh double agent
2: and and so we were clowning on campbot just you know whatever he was a big name you could clown on him a little bit he, and to be fair like you, you know i mean he was a little his head was a little inflated after the film yeah
0: I think. well he in 2020 he was hollywood's biggest movie star you know so pretty much i mean yeah because i'm just like there was no
2: movies coming out on in the theaters he was on no. amazon for god's sake Mm-hmm. Yeah, and perfect. so, so we were clowning on him, and I think that it got back to him that Gorgonzola Man had a few laughs at his expense. And so one day, you know, somebody posted somebody who he was following posted like a screenshot of of a couple of Gorgonzola Man tweets, and he was like, "That guy." He was like, "That guy fucking sucks."
0: Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I've heard, I've heard that a, a variation of that story from everybody who's known Cantbot, who is was moderately friendly with him like um, Jake Hanrahan, Popular Front, who just brushed elbow I think he did his podcast once um, because he was interested in like the conflict journal- journalism that that Jake was doing. Um, for some reason, Cantbot found a reason to turn him in into an enemy not long after and i don't even think yeah. he said anything bad about him in a, in a documented sense to anybody so well, i don't i know think he just seems kind of, i don't know what he was
2: what he's up to but but i will say this that those early episodes of the tech wars podcast so he had tech he started tech wars podcast which turned mm-hmm. into this pseudo doxology network which became much more about like connecting the dots between the cia and you know all this other stuff the early tech right. wars podcasts were like the first time that these guys that I'd been following since like 2014, just like, you know, Pepe the Frog, Avatar guys and stuff, we were hearing them for the first time and the vibes were so chill. And it was just, just a goo. It was just like a, a, basically they're just goofing around. That was a big influence on me. And to this day, I think Tales from the Mall kind of picks up that vibe a little bit from Tech Wars. Yeah. Um, That,
0: that podcast was good. I mean, I feel like, uh, you know, their episode with Sam Hyde also was was pretty keno, if you ask yeah. me. Yeah. I was I was a listener of that show up until they parted ways and tried to do Tech Wars two and then the, yeah. the title. When of the he show broke that, it off with Warren. Yeah.
2: yeah. And was, I think that, that was the... But but I mean like he had like you know he'd have guys like you know it'd be like delicious tacos who you'd never heard before or uh and I'm trying to think of some other guys, but I mean he just it made me laugh a lot. It was a fun show. Oh, great. He had a great episode. It, he, he had like this really chill episode with Jack uh, from the mm. perfume nationalist that I thought was great. And
1: um, it was a good show. We had Jake uh, to talk about that uh, documentary on an episode, right? So yeah. No. Do you think maybe he said something there and can't, but heard it. And it's so
0: possible. I, I don't know. Um I don't even I,
1: remember if he said anything negative about him.
0: I, I nothing's coming to mind for for me as far as that I don't think we were that critical of anybody in the dock um maybe the bodybuilder kid or something I don't know or cowboy cowboy <laughs> that poor cowboy he, kid he was great though he was the he most was likable, great. probably he was um, yeah you know it, it, do you think uh you know do you think maybe if these guys had been born in the nineteen 19- seventies uh, they would have had more of a an experience growing up like Michael J. Fox and Big Li- Bright, Bright Lights Big City. Wow. Mm, mm-hmm. that, was good, no, that was a master segue. Don't mm-hmm. go wow me. Go no, ahead and I, I think I I, I it's, what, <laughs> it's I
1: like,
2: you, you know, I love watching the Michael J. Fox and uh I, I love watching him in, in in any movie that he's in in the eighties and early nineties and I think this is a short king. He he deserves <laughs> you know like I you know with the height situation. I, I'm like, yes, we need more of this. Well, he's um, even
1: shorter now because you know, the poor bastard. All day. Yeah. Do you think Michael J. Fox is a Tom Holland of the '80s?
3: Ooh. Wow. No,
1: because they more, feel like he's way more I, I charismatic. Feel, yeah, if
0: Tom Holland yeah, suddenly got right. Parkinson's disease, I wouldn't feel anything at all. <laughs> no. You know, I wouldn't even think about that. But when I was watching Bright Lights, Big City. I started to get bummed out because I was like, "Damn, Michael J. Fox was actually great." Mm. Michael J. Fox, you know, he could yeah. be doing things right now and not just playing Shane. Michael J. Fox on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> even though
1: yes. even though he uh, always uh, kind of plays the this guy that kind of uh, talks like this and everything, mm. he's very charismatic. And I, I don't know. I just watching this, and I guess uh, I, I'm not very familiar with his early work. I saw. Uh, what he did in Curb Your Enthusiasm, and I thought it was really funny, uh, just making fun of his parking yeah. reasons. But um, I don't know. I feel like if, if uh, uh, superhero movies were a thing in the 80s, who would you cast as like a short, young Spider-Man? I think Michael J. Fox would have been perfect for that. For that. would have been role.
2: great. That's a great point.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, so, and, the, and then they try to, like in this movie, he plays an adult. I'm sure he was an adult, but he still kind of has like a like a little boy energy to me i don't know what it is but I, I feel like he's still very uh uh marty in this uh even though he's like doing coke with a bunch of women in the in the th- that that was uh kind of weird to me in this movie where he's like he's very adult he's doing very adult things you know waking up all hungover and feeling like shit and whatever and he's yeah. like that's still that's still marty like it still feels oh, like oh jeez, doc Exactly, oh, yeah. Like, 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 it still feels like, oh, it's, it's like a continuation of this goofy ass character, but he's still playing oh, no. kind of like a samurai. Oh no, Doc! I got coke, Dick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Marty, it's like, oh, of... Marty, take these. <laughs>
0: it's like, I think yeah. I
1: just saw a baby in an invisible womb. That was last cool night. Scene. I'm not sure. I, I forgot, I forgot yeah.
2: about that scene where yeah. the baby talks to him and it has his own voice, and and he's it's kind mm. of a little alien baby yeah now have
0: have you guys seen any of the other films that james bridges has directed uh he he did urban cowboy the china syndrome yep um did you do mike's murder
2: yes michael's murder mike's murder is excellent dude highly recommend that film deborah winger who was also in um who was also in urban cowboy james bridges was like a homosexual director in like older homosexual director in hollywood he was he was Deborah Winger's mentor. And I love Deborah Winger. But Mike's murder is it's fucking good. Like it's really good.
0: Highly mm-hmm. recommend that film. I just read about that the other day. I've been on a kick of watching a lot of TV movies from the eighties and a lot of John Ritter ABC uh movies of the weeks. And I, I I went over to James Bridges' filmography and I clicked the poster of that because it looked like – you remember in a TV guide magazine how they would promote – if they did like a full-page promotion of some movie that was coming to HBO or whatever, um, you know they would give it like a really basic – it's basically like a still of the movie and then the title and then that would be like the poster or whatever that they're advertising. Mike's Murder had that kind of look to it, so I was like, oh, this must be a TV film. Let me check this out. And then I noticed, no, that, that was not it. That was, that's oh, a much it. more theatrical looking poster. I would go over to Letterboxd. Oh,
2: that's on, uh Paul Winfield who plays like a gay, he plays like this gay
0: sugar daddy in the movie and he's excellent. Mm. Well, I, I, there you go. That's, that's the poster. So I clicked on this thing. It was a, you know, like CBS Sunday night film. And, uh, I noticed that it got a bunch of really good reviews and ratings on on Letterbox. So I'm gonna to have to add that to my list. I'm gonna to have to give it a, a watch. It's a
2: it's a very lurid movie. It's a very seedy, lurid movie about the underworld of L.A. Um, that Deborah Winger is kind of like this, like you know, like she falls for this like alpha male tennis instructor who then gets killed, and and as it turns out, he was making a basically staying afloat by like, you know, being a sugar baby to like a
3: gay people,
2: you know. It's C it's 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 um it's not dinner table a conversation movie.
0: Mm-hmm. Is it uh seedier or as seedy as at least the, the book of less than zero, would you say?
2: Mm, I think it's a l I think it's seedier. Um but I don't remember the book. I, I was a little bit surprised watching the movie again with the Robert Downey Jr. James Spader pimping him out subplot. Like I, I was uh, because they,
0: Just because it doesn't fit the tone of the film or, um, cause that, I mean, that they go much heavier. I don't know if you, you remember from the book, but they go much heavier with that. And with, yeah. um, the James Spader character in general and what he's really up to in the book, um, nice much, much harder in the, what's his name? Rip. Yeah, such a good, like 80s bad guy name, yeah, yeah, drug dealer, (laughs) and and that blonde wavy hair,
2: and and that guy, the guy who, um, uh, the guy who is this kind of his henchman, um,
0: so main main evil wrestler, wrestler, bad guy looking guy, (laughs) that guy is, um,
2: Michael Bowen. And I was trying to figure out where have I seen this guy before, he's the other DEA agent who's the partner of Michael Brown. Keaton and Jackie Brown. Yeah, That's yeah. Right. He's great. He's
0: also, um, he plays, he doesn't look healthy anymore. He's the last bad guy of Breaking Bad. Uh, oh. He plays a Nazi meth trucker guy, biker guy. I want oh. to pull up how he looks oh, wow. in Breaking Bad. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. looks super dried out. He looks like he's fresh off chemotherapy in Breaking Bad. <laughs>
3: oh.
0: But What's he's always great. Michael Bowen? Yeah. yeah. Michael Bowen. Is I think what his friends call him that might work though, huh? Let's go. He looks Let's like see. he could have oh, been wow, he looks sure. like he
2: could have gone into professional wrestling,
1: yeah, not anymore. Jesus <clears throat> Lord,
0: that's a Dude, man who must
2: have. He, he must have really actually had a meth problem,
0: <sighs> yeah. He's got yeah. that sunken in mouth, that's bad. Yeah. With the sunken in
1: well, I'm
2: glad the he's bones. still getting work. He that Mickey that was, roar that ten, from that was ten years ago now.
0: That's right. Breaking Bad ended in what twenty thirteen I think. So yeah, God, Dang. God, God bless him. Let's let's God hope bless for the him. best. Um, yeah, he's he's good and underrated and less than zero as well. Um, when he's when he's uh, lighting
2: he... up when he's got that crack torch that oh God that's heartbreaking isn't it when when Robert got oh, is yeah. at the it's at that hotel <laughs> in Palm Springs mm-hmm. and he's like it's he's clean. Like, He's yeah, clean James the Spader's time. like I think you'll I think you'd be surprised at what you could do, uh, Julian. <laughs> and then psh, the, the the crack torch.
1: Mm.
2: Damn, that, that you're going you're
1: about to suck a dick crack torch. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, that's, better... that's that's the dick sucking
3: crack torch. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's like you better stick ahead of this or just you know enjoy the now, flavor, I guess. Torch. Now I don't want
2: to you know I don't know what you know if if we're already getting into it or what what but. And I don't want to derail that if we, if we have an order that we want to do, but this makes me realize cocaine is, a, has been an incredibly small part of my life. A, uh-huh. a and, and I'm surprised when I talk to other people who are my age, I'm 35, as I mentioned, who are like, oh, I was doing coke and blah, blah, blah. Like maybe I'm stupid or naive or whatever, but Cocaine just isn't, I'm, it was never around me, but one time I I did cocaine one time in my life at what was very explicitly like, ha ha. This is a cocaine birthday party or whatever, like a special yeah. occasion. I did it one time. I never saw it anywhere else. It, I I didn't know when people were doing it. Maybe they were doing it all the time and they were never like they were never like, hey, Brendan. Maybe they thought, nah, Brendan's good. Like we don't. <laughs> but, I the but but I, it was a. Re- it's been a really small part of my life, and I that made and I thought of that as I was watching these movies, you know, where Jamie Gertz is just like, you know, yeah. And, yeah
1: every minute she can every every time she's by herself she's just trying to take a a yeah yeah i've never done it uh i think from watching things like this where it's like i'm probably gonna end up sucking sucking cock if i yeah, and and the bloody noses (laughs) don't
2: help like seeing people with bloody noses that doesn't make me want to like reach for it's always
1: been it's always been a turn-off for me any drug that it's an upper instead of a downer like i i don't want my brain to be more hyperactive than it actually is so i can't imagine wanting to you know do something that's gonna do make it work more instead of you know relaxing you no but that
0: that's great if you're with a group of people you're at a party or something and then it's like two in the morning and you're sweating or something like yeah you're you're dying you're winding down that's good (laughs) that'll be good i haven't i haven't done coke uh more than a handful of times um and it wasn't really around in my circle so it wasn't like a common thing at all but every time i did it i i i enjoyed that i thought yeah, that fun. was a fun time yeah a
1: yeah. couple of sweaty dances <laughs> with, with the random oh, people you don't but know the robert, like, yes. downey,
2: the robert downey jr performance
3: and
1: his disgusting about
2: chapped lips oh he's god he <laughs> shit <He's, laughs> and it's just like at so one point he's just like covered in puke like they yeah, really went there just, with that but um but that whole performance is very, very frenetic. And, you know, when he's like – that's a great shot when he's in the convertible and upside down in his feeder. Mm-hmm. You, to, you know, but he ex- – obviously, you can see the guy's very talented.
0: Yeah. Now, Hans, you said that you liked one of these movies and you didn't yeah. like one of these movies. I haven't been – I was getting the the sign that it was less than zero. You did not like. Now – Yeah. Is that correct? I think- Yes. I
1: think this two are, are really good
0: examples of a couple
1: of things that I really like and dislike about 80s movies. Uh, the Michael G. Fox one, I like that it feels uh, grounded, but still kind of wacky, or at least that it makes sense to exist in its world. So he gets away with a lot of things that wouldn't make sense in our world, but in, in its own world, the works. And I feel like a lot of 80s movies have that uh, and that worked really well for me. Also, he's, charisma i guess carried the movie even though um nothing really happened like if you really think about it he like nothing gets accomplished he doesn't change anything nothing he just realizes that his ex-wife is kind of a bitch and he doesn't really want to be with her and then in movie ends so it's not much of a it's more of a character story than an actual story i guess uh and then less than zero has that thing from some 80s movies where I feel like it's trying to have style, but I don't know if it's the budget that's not there or the person directing it where it just, it, it looks cheap. Yeah. Like it just looks like everything is shot in like a, like a lot. Uh, and every time they try to make it look fancy or like. Uh, Wait, you think uh, Less Than
0: Zero looks cheap? I was yeah. thinking, look at all those TVs at that party. I was
3: impressed.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I, no,
2: I, didn't... I, go ahead. Yeah, no, I I didn't think... I thought it looked pretty good. Like, I think it looks good.
1: I I don't know if it's a thing with... I I was also very turned off by the constant Disney-like orchestra music in the background. That bothered me a lot. Mm. Uh, And it was a huge contrast with Bright Lights, Big City, where he does that uh, older movie thing where... Uh, they don't have that in the background. So it's just very natural, very normal sounds of them walking on the streets or whatever. I feel like Lessons is trying to make you feel things, even though something might not be happening, or it's like something's about to happen. So we have this orchestra kind of guiding your emotions into this thing that just happened. And oh my God, Robert Downey Jr. is sucking dick or, or something, you know? But I, I don't like the fact that there's music constantly playing, trying to like make you feel things when. I feel like the, the the I mean it's a combination of everything that should make you feel things, but I don't know. It felt it felt very much like a like a Disney movie sometimes, you know, where it's just like why is there something playing in the background? They're they're doing drugs in a in a toilet, you know. I think like you're the a, first
0: person to ever say Less Than Zero is like a Disney movie, <laughs> but uh, I th- I think Less Than Zero is like the quintessential is like the '80s film. I don't think there's a more 1980s film than Less Than Zero. It encapsulates so much. That has become like the stereotype of of that decade and that era and that that kind of filmmaking that came out of uh, that time and the fact that they commercialized it, you know, the contents of the book in the way that they did. And this is a good compare and contrast because I was thinking throughout Bright Lights, Big City, wow, this is extremely accurate to the book, which is not something I think you would frequently find um, before really 2000 where people seem but to care rings, about probably sticking Probably the first to one, right? Well, not the first, but it, it's maybe like,
1: the I mean,
0: it, yeah, certainly the biggest mm-hmm. one. And, and I, I think there's a bigger emphasis put on that once they start turning them into franchises and then you break up mm-hmm. one book into four films or whatever they might do. Um, yeah. But then I found out that uh, uh, Jay McInerney uh, wrote the screenplay to Bright Lights, and I was like, oh, well, then that makes sense. By comparison with Lesson Zero, there's chunks of the book that are well adapted to that movie, but tonally it is just fit into a brand new body. That's nothing at all like that novel. Uh, The novel deals with, I mean, these characters are much worse than the novel. Uh, There doesn't seem to be like a, a morality angle on it where it's like, well, Robert Downey Jr. has to die. He succumbs to his addiction and dies. Julian dies. Julian does not die at the end of the book. Mm-hmm. And um, there's also the child porn aspect that they just kind of excised for the movie because that would not have fit into a, a Disney film, as, as Hans put it for, <laughs> for 19, what Was it 1986, 88 that came out? 87? Yeah,
1: 88. Yeah,
3: uh,
0: yeah, yeah. Bright Lights, Big Ooh, City was 88. Who um,
1: was yeah, Lesson the, Zero was the, 87. Who yep. was the main guy that, or or I guess not the main guy, because I, I guess it was, at the end of the day, it was Robert Downey Jr.'s story,
0: the one that they tell, right? Well, he co-opted yeah. it. Yeah, it's supposed to be Clay, who's Andrew McCarthy, Andrew McCarthy. but he okay. doesn't match the charisma of Downey Jr. I don't, think he, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if he I, sucks, but he's just too agree.
1: laid back. He's so bland, though, Compare especially when you have Robert Downey going all out with yeah. being, you know, a junkie. And then you just look at him and he's just kind of boring, like, oh, my friend, I have to help my friend. Uh, mm-hmm. well, I, I, maybe that was that, that might be a reason why I didn't like it. I just didn't. Like his clay character, and I remember reading both American Psycho. That was the first one of his book that I read, and then I was like, "Well, this is very violently like nothing I've ever read before. I was like nineteen or eighteen and then I read lessons here, and I was like, "Well, this is definitely more horny. uh that's something <laughs> that I remember like this is yeah. way hornier than than American Psycho, but also I don't remember Clay being such a like or or at least how I saw him just like very bland, and I guess it was just that contrast between him and you know all out. Coke. uh yeah what's his name jay it's a yeah. good
2: contrast the clay so i wish i remembered the book a little bit better but i will say this here's what here's here's what sums up the issue that i have with the less than zero movie at the end of the film jamie gertz's character says i'm gonna miss him and i think and i was thinking to myself what like what about that guy are you gonna miss like he was a fucking tear nightmare the whole the whole hour and 45 minutes that we were watching Mm -hmm. this movie um and why did they want to save this guy so badly i mean obviously there was a whole history with him that we don't see we don't Um, see it that's
1: the problem yeah we see graduation which starts like any typical 80s movie of movie of the big american flag by the way yeah which i thought was like What does that mean? Were you, were you triggered by it? Were you like, "What is this? Is not my time"? Uh, no, uh, I, 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 like, I like how they had the the freeze frame of them three, just like, "Yeah," and then everything goes to shit. <laughs> uh, very, very close to reality. It mm-hmm. hit
0: close to home. I guess. <laughs> well, well I, I appreciate them doing that because nowadays here's what you would get you'd get like a photo on someone's shelf and it would be like two red carpet photos of downey jr and jamie Gertz, and then andrew mccarthy just on the set that yeah exactly (laughs) yeah it's like the resident evil movie the one thing i really hated about the resident evil movie was they literally just grabbed a red carpet photo of the guy who plays the villain like showing up to the emmys for arrow whatever goddamn (laughs) show he was on and then he stuck him they stuck him in a photoshop photo with the lead actor who's just like literally in costume as the character for the movie. Oh, that, that
3: sucks. Yeah,
2: yeah. But James, but James Spader was. It's you know I mean I wish he'd had a little more screen time to be honest with you. Oh yeah, I was
0: yeah. thinking so good in it. He's he's great as Rip, but I mean, could it have been good with him as Ju, uh Not Julian as Clay. He's Clay, he would have been, been great Clay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He you been would believe it more, Clay. I think. Yeah, yeah, you know but he's, he's always. Like,
1: he's always great it's it's really weird because i wasn't very familiar with his early work uh until i like i saw him acting as an old man before i started digging into this it's a big blacklist to... fan right a you big, love the blacklist. like a bloated like
2: bloated james vader and blacklist yeah. yeah 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 yeah.
1: just like fat fat old bald james vader and just, the fact just that he being was house, like a
2: he's just yeah <laughs>
1: Yeah, because if you watch Crash, he's kind of like a you know the the heartthrob of that movie.
0: Yeah, that movie opens with him eating an Asian girl's ass. Yeah. The, yeah. in his dressing room or something. Just and a, it's a, he's great it, up until like yeah. Secretary. After Secretary, he he's like, what do I need to do? Anything I need for? to make I can some just money, gain now. Weight, lose my hair. Yeah,
2: yeah. Let me let me make yeah. a little. Let me let me earn a little passive income. That's how he sees it. He's mm-hmm. he's in my favorite one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, sex lies in videotape and he's just yeah. blows he's the best ever um and in this he's great um yeah. andrew mccarthy you know hans now that now that i think about it, you know andrew mccarthy he's okay like i liked him I, I liked him okay in this movie i wouldn't i wouldn't say that he sucks uh he's also in saint elmo's fire which is another like brat pack property with like a meal like pack to the gills demi moore jamie gertz Emilio Estevez, Rob Lowe, Judd Nelson, and Andrew McCarthy's kind of like the most mild-mannered character in the movie. And you're like, okay, that's cool. He's He thrives in Weekend at Bernie's. He's a comedic actor. You know, nobody sees that until uh, Ted Kochia or whoever made that one, um, Andrew McCarthy. He's actually, you know, listening to that um, Breddy Stanellis podcast with him, you kind of get the feeling like eh this guy's kind of a sh-. you know he's kind of a heel a little bit like he valorizes himself for like standing up to uh Vincent D'Onofrio on uh Law and Order CI.
0: <laughs> what Let- what happened with them?
2: <laughs> well I guess you know Vincent D'Onofrio I guess according to Andrew McCarthy he's a huge bully on set. Mm. And and Andrew McCarthy was the only person who ever went on Law and Order CI who had the the balls to say you're a bully, Mr. D'Onofrio, and I don't, I don't, I don't countenance this behavior. Anyway, and then
1: he went back wow. to being a bully. Like... <laughs> <laughs> but, but James Spader is great. James
2: Spader is Rip is great. The movie yeah. fails. The movie fails in that in the regard that you see him. He's a friend at first to these people, yeah. and, and he's like, hey, he's like, hey, Andrew McCarthy, Clay, what are you doing here? These people are assholes. It's a great line. And you're wondering, you're thinking, oh, this guy's trajectory is going to be complicated. It's going to be complex, and then it's not. It's simple. It's he's just yeah. going to pimp he's out Julian, yeah. and we're going to hate him for that. And he's got his. I mean, is he gay with the guy? Was he gay with the other guy? You know, I don't know. But that doesn't interest me as much as who is this person, and and they don't explore that at all in the movie.
1: Mm. That's definitely a missed opportunity because he was a more captivated i think that the other actors uh you kind of would like to see maybe not his backstory or anything like that because it's not his movie but more screen time for him i think because i feel like he was very sporadically used and then i don't know if he ever
0: really felt i don't know if he ever really felt like a threat for that same reason <laughs> uh brendan has to take care of his cat real quick who's very very loud chiming in on the okay. show um, so yeah i, I, you I were, wanted
1: more james spader yeah
0: do this. you remember if his character is more developed in the novel it's been a while since i've read it uh i was like 20 when i read it i don't know it's been a while i just remember
1: that i didn't enjoy it as much as american psycho because i thought it was less violent and more
0: like horny weird Mm -hmm. Uh, i didn't like the form of of less than zero i i I, it took me a while to adjust to that um yeah i can't remember off the top of my head if he's more developed in the novel i know that julian is and clay certainly mm -hmm. is um but that i mean that doesn't fully obviously come across in the film you can't do that
1: now let me ask you guys something uh because i feel like uh american psycho and maybe this movie uh they're big books right or they were when they came out um if someone was to remake those two, who do you guys think would be perfect for it?
0: By, by the way, sorry, just on, uh, before we answer that, yeah. uh, did you guys notice that American Psycho pulled from Bright Lights, <laughs> Big City by using, what was it? Uh, was it Blue Monday, New Order, when they're in the club and he's shouting over, they repeat Whoa. that with Patrick Bateman threatening yeah. the, the bartender in American the bartender.
3: Psycho. Interesting.
0: And then Canadian serial killer, Kills his gay Asian prostitute boyfriend of that song. Probably thinking, Ooh, I'm Patrick Bateman. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's killing his gay prostitute boyfriend. What yeah. a fucking poser. What a loser. God. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Just something I noticed when I was watching bright lights, big city uh, on this go around, but uh, to remake less than zero and, and American, yeah, psycho. American psycho. Yeah. Because yeah, I, don't I feel like, like, I don't like using the term remake. I prefer make a new adaptation because yeah. that's what it is. Okay. You know, um you can start, Hans is your question. I don't I don't know. It's That's what I am trying to Like who's doing pick who who's exists. doing like greedy
1: yeah, who's doing like greedy uh like violent uh I guess visceral. like you have to show more of the violence, I think, to adjust to the time. I mean, times. I mean just, like an an rated American psycho, right?
2: I but mean if I off the top of my head, like I would say that. I would like to see Roger Avery do less than
3: (laughs) (laughs) you. I mean,
2: why? Right? Um, Because I think I think Rules of Attraction. I mean, I think they all kind of happen in the same universe. Where that the school is where Clay or where Clay goes to school. That the one. It's like it's not. Well,
0: there's a. They shot a scene with a Patrick Bateman in Rules of Attraction, the movie, where they got. They could not get Christian Bale, but who they got was a uh, star of many sci-fi channel originals is Casper Von Dien. <laughs> so he played yeah, Patrick Bateman cool. for a scene that got excised uh, from the final movie. What is uh, it like
1: Superman know. or is just you just see his tights? but instead you just see his the suit. suit you see, his you see the tie. <laughs> and, <laughs> he pulls uh, out a card, but he doesn't say anything.
0: No, I'm pretty sure they, they just show him in full, by the way, on HBO max, for whatever reason, they decided to add American psycho two. All-American Girl with Mila Kunis and William Shatner.
1: Yeah. Okay. Have you you seen that, Hans? That's very much off the time. Yeah, I saw it. I remember... You did see it. I saw a rerun on HBO, like, I don't know, 15 years ago or something.
0: I've never seen it. Here's what I know about it, is they make Mila Kunis like a survivor of Patrick Bateman, and then she develops the taste for killing. Yeah. Cool. Yeah.
2: Okay. So I'm
0: just kind of looking through... (laughs)
2: I'm looking through my options here as far as you know just i typed in contemporary film directors okay and and really it's it's slim pickings because they really just are like t- pta link later spike lee like these are not these are people who are also contemporary film directors 30 years ago or whatever for the most part yeah, yeah. yeah. you know like i, I just, don't think I, they
1: would take that though they're too big i think that like that like there, those are names that you would watch the movie just by their name, even if it's yeah, okay. like you don't even know what it is. So yeah. I don't know if they would take a property like this that it's you know uh, written by someone else and and uh, not I guess original or you,
2: okay. You, you know who I would say who I would say I'd be interested in less than zero, based on a couple of films that he did, um, like like uh, Maps of the Stars. I would say g- give me David Cronenberg for less than zero. Mm. And and give me for Bright Light's Big City. Uh, that's a tough one because you know
1: what? I don't have any issue with the with the film. No. As no, no. Oh, what about Ameri- Ameri- I would say, say oh, American Psycho. American because Psycho. Because I don't I'm not I'm not a huge fan of that movie, honestly. Like I feel like it, it, it lacks a little bit of bite that the book has. Give me Harmony for so
0: Oh, I was I was oh. thinking Harmony or Larry Clark might have been apt for a, a very dirty trailer park looking Lesson Zero. Sure. Uh, I think uh, Nicholas Winding Refn would be great for Lesson Zero.
3: Oh,
2: sure. Uh,
0: sure. And for American Psycho, maybe I don't know, like Cohen Brothers or somebody. Yeah. Something bit more wacky, more. Yeah, because that would that, so. I you you lean into a different aspect of it. Yeah. 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 Because they already did. Be extremely... I mean, I guess American Psycho is not extremely gory, but it's a f- fairly gory film. Uh, or it, it has the reputation of that. It's supposed to be. Have you seen it recently? Because I, no. remember, I remember the
1: scene where he stabs a homeless man being more graphic than it is, but it all happens kind of off-screen. So I was like, oh, I, I guess I imagine it being, you know, more violent, more visceral, but it feels very, you know, 90s violence.
0: Yeah,
1: where, where,
0: yeah, very. Actually, Cohen brothers have, have broken up, so I can't even pick that. I can only pick one Cohen. Did you guys see that uh, review that the other Cohen, but the was that out? real? Uh, yeah, where, that was real. Where he was like, oh. it
2: sucks because I wasn't involved. Did he say that? Yeah, fuck <laughs> this movie. Yeah. All
0: his success is because of me. This is his sloppiest <laughs> film to date. Yeah, yeah that's going to be us. <laughs> 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 that's going to be you and this. Like, fuck
1: that fucking piece of shit. Uh, well, so, I
2: don't know. So, uh, so here's one thing I'll say about Less Than Zero um, is that you just got the feeling like it was like kind of like it, it was trying to be, you know, because I think the, the, the thing that made such a splash about Less Than Zero, the book, was that it's like, wow, this is unbelievable that that somebody's addressing 18 and 19-year-olds that are mm-hmm. behaving like this, right? And so it was like kind of like this big youth-oriented project. It was about youth, and I felt like the movie kind of has that feeling where they're like trying to capture that vibe. The kids are the kids are in charge of this film and making this film. You know, the cinematographer I think was like 35 years old or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, they're maybe maybe a little bit older, maybe like maybe getting on 40. But in Bright Lights, Big City. You've got James Bridges, who's an old, a Hollywood old head, and you've got Gordon Willis, and you've got Santo laquasto, the set designer, who designed, like, every Woody Allen movie after, a certain, like, 1986 or something like that, and I just felt like that movie, the adults are in charge a little bit more, and so there's some strength that comes from that,
3: you know?
0: Yeah. Uh, What did you think of the the supporting cast that they had for Bright Lights, Big City? We've obviously been talking about the roster on Less Than Zero, and I think we we, we basically have come to a point of understanding that it's Robert Downey Jr. and James Spader essentially carrying the show. Jamie Gertz, I think, is pretty irrelevant for the most part. You could have swapped her out with anybody. I agree. Uh, And Andrew McCarthy, his energy, I don't think, matches that character. But I don't think I would disagree with you, Hans, that. Yeah, it's more of a miscast than than I think him being outright bad. Yeah, um, Michael J. Fox obviously. Even though the the film is on his shoulders in Bright Lights, Big City, I really love the Kiefer Sutherland character uh, playing sure. T- Tad Allagash in this movie, <laughs> where he's kind of like a more subdued, affluent. Uh, like he could have been Rip if he went down a different path, but you don't get that that version of him here. He's just kind of uh, you know smooth talking, ladies man, businessman. Constantly making and breaking deals, moving from one person, one deal to the next. Yeah. Um, were we supposed to get the impression that he stole the wife from Jamie and Michael J. Fox's character, Jamie, because of that last comment? And then that's also in the book, but it, it takes shape in a different way where it's just kind of like he's saying, fuck you. You're, you're kind of like as big of a piece of shit as her. And I'm that's how I took this it. whole thing. Hmm. That's well.
2: I, I, maybe I'm stupid. I did. I didn't see that. I, I kind of just thought, okay, yeah, there. He's saying. Well the, he's making a comment. the
0: The impression I think was different with the movie because it seemed um, there's more in the book to call for that, where he's like setting him up with, you know, a trans woman, uh, which oh, I think is just like a passing that. joke in the, in the movie. Oh yeah. Yeah. Here it's just like,
1: this is whatever. And then she's like, do you want to dance? And he says, Oh, maybe later. Right. And so the, the Tad yeah.
0: character sets him up with like an ex that didn't work out. And then uh, at the cousin. party, there's more of a rapport uh, between him and this Stevie character who's uh trans and then in the film, it's very passing. It's just brushing here and there. Um, and we also meet, the Phoebe Cates character, uh what is what is her character's name? Amanda. Amanda. We meet her boyfriend who is a, a Greek model named Odysseus, who is a like a rent boy, essentially, just one of these uh men for hire you bring to a party with you. Mm-hmm. And we don't get that in the movie. We see her like standing next to sitting next to certain people. It's supposed to be like a photographer or something she met Same over in a Europe. Yeah. What we do see is her sitting on the steps as he's walking out with just some guy, right, with glasses. But but also there's other moments in the film where the Tad character is agitated with the Jamie character, Michael J. Fox, uh, for, you know, waxing poetic about Amanda and his relationship with Amanda. And just like, I don't understand why you needed to marry this girl, just kind of get gradually annoyed by this repeating, which is not in the book.
3: Yeah. Hmm. I, I, I go ahead,
1: Hans. I I feel like it was more because I, I I might have missed this, but so when he set him up with the blonde girl that he ended up hitting hitting it off with, was that his ex or was that his cousin? Because I thought it was his cousin. Ted's was it his cousin? Because yes, he, he's cousin. talking at
0: the same time about his, his cousin, cousin who he man. needs to do something with, and then an ex he was trying to or a date that didn't work out with with him. Yeah. so all right maybe, maybe it was the cousin maybe in, the movie, in the
2: movie it's it, at least it's it's his cousin
1: Vic, mm-hmm. right and and then uh he he calls her the night where uh he gets like a bloody nose after seeing her with that the guy warehouse
0: party at amanda's yeah. yeah
1: and then like she's the only one that listens to him or whatever so he realizes that you know there's more to life than this retarded model that I'm in love with or whatever. Yeah, uh, I, I, I took it more of like him realizing that he, like the life that he was living with the whole partying and drugs and alcohol and whatnot was not what he was looking for. Like what he was looking for, what he's was his ex. Uh, and then once he realized that, uh, that he was not going to get back with her. And then there's this other girl who's uh, has a life that's completely different to what he's living. Then he's like, this is better. Like she's actually listening to me when I'm all fucked up in the party or whatever, and caring. So, I, I didn't get that uh, vibe of Tad is fucking the the manicure or like stole it from him at all. I I thought it was more of him just getting sick of of that life that throughout the movie like didn't really lead him any, anywhere other than into trouble.
2: Well, my recollection is that in the book, it's very clear that he has been running away from grief over yeah. his like has been hiding in his mind the grief over his mother Mm -hmm. Um, and that basically that the events of the last year from being with his wife doing drugs partying at all hours that's all been a way to run away from the grief over his mother that's very in the book that's very clear that's the point where in the book we he gives up drugs and all that stuff and that's kind of the way it is in this movie too because in the movie too because he calls that woman vicky to tell her that yeah my mom died <laughs> and she's like oh my god i'm sorry he's like yeah that was a year ago, <laughs> a year ago right? but um
0: you dumb bitch
2: yeah yeah <laughs>
1: but it's not it's not made a such a big deal though as you're saying like it would make more sense if before that we saw more of maybe the relationship or more of like how much it means to her instead of just he's drunk so he's being emotional because he's drunk you know telling the truth but still like i it didn't really hit that much to me just because it it felt like it was just thrown in there it's just like kind of like a as a, I i trust this woman now so i'm going to tell her about the the thing that i'm actually sad about
0: you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah well Well, the one thing that the movie doesn't have is the i mean i i guess it's kind of an internal monologue uh even if you're going from the second-person perspective, they do clearly explain it to you at the end, like his rationalization that uh, maybe I got married to Amanda and had this reckless lifestyle just just as a coping mechanism Mm -hmm. or just to – he got married to initially please his mother or whatever, make her feel better since she was on her way out, and then everything else that follows is just him dealing with that. You don't have a clear way of presenting that without just – him uh, talking to himself, basically, or, or making yeah. up the of, with a character the, about it, and it all happens bread. right.
1: Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. bread and glasses, where he's like, "Oh, this is my old life. Let me just trade my glasses for a piece of bread." Well, mm-hmm. was...
2: to me, to me, the whole the, what what carries that the narrative, the mother narrative through the movie, and, and we that 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 makes it work over the course of the film is that he has this maternal figure in his life. And that's the Swoozy Kurtz is she a secretary at his office or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That and and that and that when he's really hitting rock bottom, he tries to fuck her. Which right, you know, right. the moment I laid eyes on Swoozy Kurtz in the movie, I was like, God, you know, not bad. Like would. <laughs> and um, and uh, was 30 years ago, yeah. I, yeah, I yeah, 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 right, right. there, yeah. There's this um there's this story that um uh what's the guy's name? Uh Titus Welliver? Tells uh on like the Kevin Pollack chat show. Yeah, I don't know if you guys ever watched it. It's it's, it's kind of cringe, but Kevin Pollock, yeah. you know, whatever. Um but he tells a story about how he was like doing theater with um um Chris Walken. Titus Welliver was and Sw- Swoozie they were somewhere where Swoozie Kurtz was. And Chris Walken said to T- Titus Wulliver, he's like, he's like, he's like, hey, I'm gonna fuck Swoozy Kurtz. In the ass.
3: <laughs>
1: um, but anyway, uh, but she's great in supporting I would cast love of- to You know what? I would love to see, now that you, and it's the first time I've ever thought about this, I would love to see Christopher Walken flirting with someone, like no cameras, just like, yeah, you're at a party and he's, well, not now, he's like 100. But let's say uh, 30 years ago or whatever and then just see him with his cadence hitting on women, he'd, he'd I think that would be really entertaining yeah but because you but, have that you have that sketch from snl what is it called the oh the uh,
0: the continental the continental, the continental. Yeah. yeah
1: yeah 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 which is great which is one of the i, I think one of the best sketches that they they ever did in the snl and he kind of plays that you know that that smooth role with his you know awkwardness
0: well wait, wasn't there a rumor and maybe this is you know just telling oh, tales out of school that you know oh,
1: he was a boy. gay
2: guy yes that 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 robert wagner killed natalie wood because she f- saw him in and, and chris walken being gay together having gay yeah. sex that's yeah. that's the word yeah well this is not Fair. a news pop this is an entertainment podcast sure. so we, <laughs> <we're speculating. laughs> that's what i'm always saying on tales from the mall this is a new this is not a news podcast because we'll be speculating about crazy shit like i have a i have a Joaquin Phoenix conspiracy theory or uh River Phoenix death conspiracy theory that I'm always propounding.
0: Um. What, is, what is this? kid now, I've heard people saying that he was given a hard dose deliberately. What is it in yeah. line with that or what?
2: It was a hit. Yeah, it was a hit. That that John Frusciante of mm. the Red Hot Chili oh. Peppers and of Johnny Depp's band. He was the hot. You know, he was the he was the instrument. Of Johnny Depp taking out River Phoenix God because damn. he was dry. he was rising too fast, you know, you know. Because I mean, I would. Hey, if I was Johnny Depp, I'd be feeling the
0: heat on my coattails as well. From River <laughs> Phoenix, the guy was great. He was great. And, you know, uh, I just saw an episode of Oz that that happened exactly where uh, Schillinger who's the white supremacist J.K. Simmons, his <laughs> son gets brought into Emerald City. And then Beecher, who's like this gay guy who's not – who was married and had kids, but he just turns into a new character every season. Is like, yeah, you made Stabler from Law & Order fall in love with me and then break my arms and legs, and I was in the hospital for a year. Now I'm going to make your son fall in love with me, and then I'm going to get him clean and kill him. And that's exactly what he does. He gets him clean. But actually, he doesn't kill him because J.K. Simmons is like – they're gonna fuck my son. I gotta kill my son before they fuck my son. He killed Bro. a fate worse than so, death. <laughs> right? That's what they yes. call that. What
1: the fuck? I've never no. seen this. I've never seen Oz. I've just heard. So they know it's like guy with a little hat. That's funny.
0: Ah, oh, he's the best out of BC. <laughs> rules, God, yeah. man, he's awesome. Um, so then he gets Beecher and Stabler from Law and Order. Get him clean, and then J.K. Simmons sends his son uh, heroin immediately. It's like my son's dead to me. I have to make sure my son dies, and then he Jeez. dies, and that's it. That was the that was the early season three arc.
3: <laughs>
2: man, and that show's so brutal, man. Being
0: gay, it's just gonna he just kills him. So he's yeah, okay. nah, fuck that. You can't have your son getting fucked in prison. You know what that no. means? If you're the leader of the white supremacist gang, your son's getting fucked by two two bald guys. Nah. Mm-hmm. Well, but but at one yeah. but 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 um, J.K.
2: Simmons though, like in the first season, like. He's like simultaneously oh, he, like raping Beecher, hell yeah, and yeah, and he, he fucks everybody. tattooing him with a swastika on his butt. Dude, that's new, the guy. Yeah. That, that's the voice. That's the face and voice of like farmers or something. Now or like of the yellow M M&M. M. Yeah, and I mean, J.K. come K. on, Simmons. J.K. Simmons. Who knew, man? <laughs> Dude, that show. I, I can't handle that show. Like, like when they when the guy uh, when the guy kill when the guy like. Gouges out the guard's eyes.
0: Oh yeah, I just saw that. That was great. Everything that was about brutal.
2: That, everything about that show is <laughs> <just> so hard.
0: <laughs> Hans, why why is it that picture you pulled up? <laughs> the feet also, you know, Jake... <laughs>
1: I think it's, I think it's scary because he doesn't look that menacing, but the fact that he's doing all of his shit while looking like just like a pudgy dad, it's scarier.
0: Yeah. Here's what people forget is JK Simmons was kind of fat in the early seasons. And his career is very interesting because he doesn't really start acting until he's about 40. And then he comes out, uh, you know, he, he had a, a small role on all my children mm-hmm. and, um, god uh some some like tv movie of uh mm-hmm. of, of a famous cop and then he does oz basically and he just shows up when he's like in his early 40s and then his career takes off 20 years later as a 60 year old man yeah it, it's a very peculiar trajectory it is peculiar
2: but um uh, man i mean there's so many things like uh the the guy the guy who plays mayhem in the all-state commercials is like a ridiculously like Iago-like figure who has mm. who has a brother who somehow gets brain damaged and becomes retarded, and that's the really douchebag from
0: from Goodwill Hunting. From Goodwill Hunting steal... is the
2: retarded younger brother.
0: Yes, uh, and he gets raped by J.K. Simmons his first day. He's, he he takes it, him it, into the broom closet. He's like, "Hey, I got to show you something," oh, and God. then fucks him up the ass. Damn, or dude,
2: I watched that show at like a very like I was like in a very dark mood anyway. And I watched it, and everything about it was so real. It seems so possible to me, like, like all of this, all everything about it, like, you know, because Beecher's there not because he's like a hardened criminal or whatever, but because he just was like drunk driving because he was
0: ro- Roger Avery in real life. Yeah, yeah exactly. Can, like, and so, and it's just
2: like the horrible <laughs> fate, and then of course he just absolutely goes crazy.
0: It'd yeah, be
2: the only way to deal with it.
0: In the first season, he turns into like a drag queen, basically, and then That's the right. second season. Um, you know, he gains his confidence back and he's like, he, he's his own man. He's kind of psycho or whatever. And then the third season, he's just like a serial killer, psychopath. Mm-hmm. He kills Bill Fagerbocky from The Stand and SpongeBob and Ken Park uh, very violently. And I, I guess goes on a stab. I don't know. He's wild, Beecher. That guy should get more work. He's, Dude, he's well, very good. That guy's, that guy's excellent. He was in, first time I ever saw him, he was
2: in Wayne's World as one of the Wayne's World really? crew yeah yeah oh wow uh, he was like wow. the, i love you man no i love you what's that guy's he's also on the americans um god who pl- what's
0: his name oh god it's on the tip of my tongue anyway doesn't matter do so you want to take a look at that actor oz, oz is crazy it, yeah
1: what's the character's name beecher
0: beecher b-e-e-c-h-e-r uh, now lee uh lee I, Tur- Tur- I, Tur- Tur- yeah, lee
2: turgeson lee turgeson
0: yeah, he's very good now. I oh remember yeah, yeah,
1: I recognize that face. I, I finished Oz
0: maybe like three years after it was off the air. I I think I checked it out, um, or maybe like four or five years after after it was off the air. I didn't watch the full series, so I, it's been a while since I've watched any of this. But I remember the ending of Oz being ridiculous. Like, it the the prison becomes haunted, and then there's a possession or something. Like they go in a very satanic, weird. Turn in that final season, if I remember right.
3: Hmm. Well,
0: I wouldn't know
2: because it just at a certain point, I was just like, This is not good for me.
0: I can't watch. (laughs) You had to back off of all I had to back off. Yeah, it's a lot, it's constantly, and every character is just because they reuse the same like bongos and jazz score. It just makes even like the most neutral characters seem 10 times more evil. They'll just like slow zoom in on someone. Yeah, like is it? There a line, is something bad happens isn't there a plotline where they like slowly kill like a mob boss by like putting
2: glass in his food yep oh my god but but and, and, and then there's like that black guy from is it? okay correct me if i'm wrong maybe i'm being really racist right now but the black guy who's like the lothario dancer from showgirls is in it and he's in a wheelchair and he gets like monologues yep. Do you know
0: him Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I didn't know he was in Showgirls, but I remember him from – he was on a couple of seasons of Lost, which I didn't watch, but I just knew he was on there. Okay. And uh, he popped up in some other things. And you can tell that they just don't know how to use that guy as the narrator. So in the second season especially, they start dressing him up as like a pirate and then as like a clown. And they'll give him like wacky backgrounds. And she's like, we got to figure out what this guy can do. Because he probably signed on thinking, I'm going to be the star of the show. I'm going to have my own storylines. And then they just ignore him completely. And he's a little interstitial moment um, for every episode. Well, I mean, Uh, you know,
2: props to Oz, though. Like, that was the OG. Like, that was before Sopranos and Deadwood and all that shit.
0: Yeah, you have so many great cable TV actors uh, cutting their teeth on there. Because you do have Edie Falco. You have um, some of the I feel like you get a couple of smaller players from Sopranos in and out of there. And also Dexter, um, cool. yeah. you've got Dean Winters um, is in there. Yeah. You've got so many people that, uh, are, are great and they're able to sell just people being absolutely horrendous all the time in prison and it going yeah. mostly unchecked. Um, yeah, that's probably due for, I, I, I think they'll revisit Oz at some point. You'll get an Oz 2026, with whoever's left in the cast somehow (laughs) jk whenever jk simmons marvel or dc contracts run out then you will get a new season of oz on HBO. yeah but he's nice one now he's you know he's he's, a reformed white supremacist he's part of the Mother brotherhood he's reformed yeah
1: one of my
2: favorite actors from that show is um by the way oh yeah i forgot oh fucking ernie hudson the ghostbuster yes is the warden but then you've got but then you've got mcmahon so so it's an experimental wing of a prison,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and um, uh, but and the guy who's overseeing it is this guy Tim McManus, right. and he's played by this guy, this character actor, TV actor essentially, Terry Kinney, who is excellent. Um, and you don't see him in a lot of stuff, but he was in the show called Thirty Something, which I watched oh, all yes. of, which is the same made by the same people who made My So Called Life, and he's like very pathetic in it. But I, I saw him in it, and I was like, "Holy shit, that's the guy from Oz!" i have never seen him in anything else.
0: I watched the uh, the pilot to Thirty Something somewhat recently. Just uh, I, I decided to check that out, and uh, I have not gone back to it since. I, it, I I didn't think it was a bad show or anything, but I was already caught up in so many different series. It was on DVD. Yeah, I, I like, have I it all on put DVD. The next DVD in. Yeah. That's the only place you can get it right now. Right. Uh, it's not on streaming or anything like that. There was a really cheap DVD on eBay, and I picked it up for like five yeah. bucks.
2: I um, think I paid. Like, like, I think I paid fifty bucks for season four. Like it was oh like crazy God. expensive. But we're doing it. There's going to be a perfume nationalist about it. I'm going to be on it. It's going to be sick. Oh, that'll be
0: perfect. Then that yeah, seems right fun. up, right up that alley. Yeah. Um, yeah. Totally. I, and totally. I also. I I did check out my so-called. I went back to that again because I was in like a very early '90s distinct kind of mood because I just watched like the early seasons of The Real World and I was like, I want '90s teen drama. And I watched that and I watched like the finale of that. I didn't actually watch anything in between. Oh, with um, with
2: Enigma's Return to Innocence during the uh, fashion show or whatever.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I I might have watched one in between where they had there's a survivor contestant who was on an episode named Shane powers. Who's just like Jack Nicholson light mixed with a little Robert Downey jr. Uh, he's just a very entertaining character, but he was an actor and he popped up on one of those episodes. So I checked that out. So I checked out three episodes of my so-called life. Um, and it's that, that's as, as much as like less than zero is like quintessential eighties, teen pop, mm-hmm. everything. I feel like yeah. my so-called life is that for the nineties.
2: That's yeah, totally. I agree. I agree. I think it's an excellent show. I mean, uh... It's again. It's it's one of those it's one of those properties that that takes all takes teen issues or young people issues seriously. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just frivolous shit. And Jared Leto plays a retarded. Uh, Jared Catalano is like the retarded Italian American heartthrob kid who she loves and is just completely oblivious and moronic, which women love that shit of course i've become so i'm just i'm a hardened misogynist now i hate to say
1: it. <laughs> you went from incel to hardened misogynist? yeah
2: well, hey, I'm, a, you know i'm joke. you know between
1: between,
0: between, now, between, between you true. guys and me i'm not an incel anymore but i can't go into any, that nice anymore. all right nice that's great you should cut that you need to cut that from the episode you know, yeah Hans, obviously, you know, you were living in, like, 50 different countries as a teen. Did you ever watch any of these teen melodramas back in the 90s or or early on? Were you ever, like, a Degrassi kid?
1: No, I think the closest was uh, Freaks and Geeks later, but I was already, like, 18. Like, I never... The shows I grew up with were, like, Nickelodeon cartoons and Cartoon Network cartoons, and that was it. I never got into, like, the teen drama stuff.
2: Freaks and Geeks owes... My, my so called life, I think. Probably, yeah. I
1: think. Like, uh,
2: I think it, in, in many ways, picks up where it left off.
1: I th- My friends tried to get me to Degrassi when I was living in Canada, but I, I was angsty, 18, 19 year old. So I was like, this is gay. Oh, Degrassi's like, pretty, pretty good. Degrassi's
2: <laughs> pretty entertaining. De- Degrassi sucks, but it's pretty entertaining. Yeah. It's but, bad. Which
0: Degrassi did you watch, Brandon? I watched the, the one the, that was on that. Uh, what was it not the whenever nickelodeon had their I, teen network on i remember
2: what you're talking about and that's the one where it was had drake yeah it was the new class because there was actually in the late 80s early 90s i think or maybe it was just exclusively the 80s that's when degrassi
1: was originally on mm. and kevin were,
2: smith was a huge fan
1: yeah, yes, he was later, right? He
0: and was he, later. he yes, he directed a couple of episodes and it was like, I'm going to put, I'm going to make it so that I'm making a movie at Degrassi and that's the mm-hmm, storyline. Right. And it's a movie Silent called, Bob. Go, get Jane Silent Bob, Go
2: to Canada A or a, something like that. Mm-hmm. Go to Canada A, you know, or whatever. But yeah. And, and they Kevin they Smith, took
0: those episodes and they put them out on DVD as like a, a three episode yeah, special arc. or whatever. Yeah. And th- yeah. this was before I think it was um, like completely mainstream to release television seasons on, on DVD. That didn't happen. I feel like until about 2006 and when it happened, there was like a big boom of it oh, yeah. and then it petered out. Some people tried to play it like, here's a best of, here's all the best episodes. Yeah, no, of this no, that, and that, doesn't, that shit. No, that stuff sucked, but you are right. It was yeah. right
2: around 2006. Cause I remember my roommate binging lost on DVD I hate it when
1: they would do that and not include those episodes in this season. So it'll be like, if you want to complete your season, you need to get this oh. special edition of okay. this arc. It's just no, like, that, motherfuckers. Like, that should be a crime. Cron- I mean, that
2: should, <laughs> I, I didn't know that that
1: existed, but that absolutely should be 100%. Didn't, I didn't they, I think South Park did that with Imagination Land, where it was like a three arc episode and then they released it by itself. And I that, don't remember if they left it. That's, yeah, yeah that's, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if they left it on the, on the season, like, like on the DVD set. I thought you, you had to like buy it separately. I feel like Family wow. Guy
0: did that too and they brought it, back and they were like and here here's the movie to introduce the new season of family guy and it was just three episodes of the show yeah well, i remember i remember as a kid renting vhs's that would have
2: like two episodes of the ninja shirtles or something like that yeah
1: oh yeah 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 it would sell those two for like five bucks like that five buck bin and just three random episodes of, of a kid's show that mm. weren't connected at all it's just like here's a sampler
0: yeah, I got a bunch of those for uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. You would get, like, the Green Ranger arc, the White oh, Ranger. Yeah. yeah, you'd get stuff like that. Or uh, Batman the Animated Series, they would give you, like, a villain pack. Like, mm-hmm. here's here's yeah. the Mr. Freeze episodes. Here's two Joker episodes. Yeah. Like, that. that's the – I mean, what was the first show to really get a TV release? It's probably Twin Peaks or something back in the early 90s. I remember sure. the HBO There's shows.
2: VHS, complete VHS sets of the first season of Sopranos
0: of Twin peaks. Yeah. Maybe and it would be this honest. long fucking videotape yeah. set of like eight tapes. Yeah. That's pretty so. cool. Well, not Titanic like three tape? it was it was two two tapes. tapes. It was two tapes. Don't don't make yourself sound ridiculous. There were plenty of two tape. Amadeus was a two tape pack. uh Salem's lot was a two tape pack. Uh there's I like that. Barry Lyndon, I got right over there, that's a two tape pack. Man they they got to bring that. I, you know what? Pie, Zack Snyder's a- Justice League is a two Blu-ray set. They couldn't fit the movie on one Blu-ray. It's on two. You got to take it out and put it back in like an old laser disc. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, hell, even the original Amadeus DVD was a two DVD set. Because I remember really? watching it. I, re- I remember getting Amadeus from Netflix, and the movie ended when Salieri when is watching Don Giovanni and – you know, the demon or whatever comes swooping in and the set starts collapsing and he says, it was then that I knew what I had to do and it ended and I thought that was the end of the movie and I was like, ballsy? (laughs) I was like, ballsy fucking ending, bro. I didn't realize there was like half the movie that I
1: missed. (laughs) This movie's only 80 minutes. That's, you
2: know what? (laughs) It's
1: got a lot of balls.
2: (laughs) Yeah, Milos Forman, work. Um,
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah, that that happened on the DVD a few times where you would either you you would have to put in two DVDs or you get the old you got know, to flip the DVD over. Right. Like Stephen King's oh, yeah. when they put that um TV movie on DVD you yeah. had to flip over. That's a two and, VHSer. Um, yeah, that was another two VHSer. I remember on the DVD though for whatever reason, I don't know if this was the case with everyone or or if maybe my disc was just defective, but one side was a widescreen and one side was a full screen, but it was the two different parts. So it's chaos. Yeah. Uh, And so my fucking that's like Joker mode, dude. That's something (laughs) the Joker (laughs) would do. (laughs) So when I I remember and it's like two thousand four, two thousand three. I don't really know the difference on like letterboxing at that point. So I put it in, my T V doesn't know how to handle it, so it fucking like squishes it. You know how you watch like old YouTube videos now where um, sometimes if it's like a very early widescreen video, it would get compressed to four by three, and then they just never compressed it back. It was just squished. That's what would wind up happening with that, with, with my TV at the time. So it was just... So the second half, was yeah. <laughs> it was just chubby. It was just really long and chubby. No, they were all thin. They were... They, it would, oh, anyway, right. Yeah, it would be the reverse. Right. So. The opposite, yeah. Anyway, uh, there's no... So we have uh, physical media releases. I don't think less than zero has been put out on blu-ray um at all i don't think there's any plans to do that either now that disney owns it they probably can't f- i mean now it literally is a disney movie right Hans? Well, it, yeah it seems to me like i mean
2: there's no enthusiasm for the film like and i don't know who the person was that they got to do it like what was it Mer- merrick it was Mark- a, some, kind of, East, some yeah. kind of eastern european person and i just don't think anybody's enthused about this film like Brett Easton Ellis certainly isn't, I don't think.
0: Um. Well, he he came around to it. I think he was extremely like, what the fuck did they do to my novel when it came out? Mm-hmm. Um, but has since warmed to it as just like a pop culture relic, which is I think why um, you know, he got or he put in a word to have Andrew McCarthy do the voice on the the audiobook and maybe why he popped on the show at a certain point. Uh, I think he has Gotten a little softer on it. Now I'm looking at the Wikipedia page. Um, There was going to be a sequel that, all right, they were going to they were going to adapt Imperial Bedrooms if they could get back the original cast. Uh, Good luck with that. Good luck getting Robert Downey Jr. now to play Julian. Um, Good luck getting Jamie Gertz. What is she doing? That'd be great if she was just she plumped up. She was like really fat.
2: (laughs) Yeah, she is not
0: though. Um, no, she was she on look Still Standing, good? which I know was like fifteen, twenty years ago, and she looked. Oh wow, like, that's like fine. 2006. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That and and where where else have like, you seen her in since?
1: No, no, no. Exactly. She looks good though.
0: I saw her on Ellen
2: McBeal with Robert <laughs> Downey Jr. once. Oh by the way, Sam, by the way, uh, uh okay, a couple of things I've heard is that um is that you got Jason Robards in, in the in the film and Sam Robards. Mm -hmm. both robards brothers right sam's his brother right i don't know maybe he's yeah yeah uh no that's his son and uh and then you have niles crane is the bartender at the at the fashion show david hyde pierce i don't know if you
0: guys noticed that i did not catch that david hyde pierce was yeah yeah. in the film at all when he goes to the fashion show and, and he's like bars closed sir and then he gives Liz oh wow okay yeah 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 i had no idea that was david hyde pierce that, that's yeah i called my brother into him. the room i was like dad i was like come here it's niles
2: um yeah but so i was thinking as i was watching these movies what would be a great party idea is you go you got an 80s party and you've got a projector you got projectors back to back projecting less than zero on one wall in uh bright lights big city on another wall would be uh That's, would be something that would be good for
1: uh do you know that jamie gertz is worth three billion dollars <laughs> is that family money or is she married to somebody i soon? mean according to the, to the internet she's just like a philanthropist or whatever however you pronounce that word so i guess she donates money and then gets money back from her name. i don't know <laughs> i don't know how that works but according to the internet she's like really rich wow. uh and i was not expecting that at all because like laura said like what has she been on been on yeah, lately man. that you think you know well she three billion fucking jesus i mean i'm sure it's you know it's, it's these websites that are not 100 percent accurate but hmm. i mean if she has one billion you know <laughs> with her, she, with her she, career she's, I, she's
2: married okay so she's married to like a private equity investor Oh, okay.
3: there it is.
1: Uh, yeah. All right. Oh, okay. Never mind. That makes more sense. Yeah. Uh, she was in Modern Family apparently in an episode. Neighbors, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Good for her. That's Good nice. for her. She didn't have to like show her asshole on screen to get <laughs> famous. Like she was very you know prim and proper for most of her career. Yeah. That I'm yeah. familiar with at least. No, she's she
2: she's always kind of played like more. I mean, this is pretty out there. I think for her, like. Yeah. The...
1: And it, on the it, it, even though the, the sexes are very pg well maybe not yeah. pg but
2: yeah yeah no they're pretty pg i mean i mean i thought yeah. the most pornographic thing in the movie was when we saw like that sweat on andrew mccarthy's collarbone like when she's <laughs> like riding him or whatever
1: right right yeah yeah, yeah very yeah. weirdly shot to not show her at all and yeah. just show him but like half of his body uh, or the scene where Robert Downey Jr. is sucking dick—that he's like pantsless. And he's, oh my god! Yeah, he's he's that was very shocking. quickly. Oh, he's like, oh, and then the guy's like, what is happening here? And it's like you, we were getting your dick sucked. What do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> just because someone walked into the room, he's like, oh, that's weird. What's happening? Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Well, but, we we're talking about how Jamie Gertz is worth three billion dollars. What? The... Well, she's married <laughs> yeah. to a, she's married she...
2: to a private equity investor, a billionaire. Yeah, oh, you know, oh, just dude. a wow. a money man. You know yeah but three billion
0: that's that's quite a lot of
2: money right Right? wow good Good for for her
0: her. right i could do a lot with that what would be your first purchase with three billion dollars oh
2: man that is such a good question oh man three billion what would i purchase first i don't know i mean i pro—I'd probably go like go out and like be like okay so what's what's currently the most valuable piece of artwork on the market
1: this show what what the
2: nft I, can i purchase today yeah i would well yeah that's the thing is that i would turn it into brendan's i would turn it into brendan's movies right. starring low <laughs> and hans
1: yeah right so you would just buy an nft of uh, mass state lottery and and on the uk oh
2: yeah i mean i definitely i mean i definitely would become i would definitely become a movie I I know that I wouldn't be getting RO, you know, I wouldn't there wouldn't be ROI. I would just be freely giving my money to filmmakers right. who were making interesting stuff.
0: No, you should put it all into one movie, so it just has a two billion dollar budget. <laughs> Ishtar. That's, that's a that's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Our Ishtar.
1: character story is not even like it doesn't need that much money. Yeah. It's just uh, you know we rented a right. very expensive house in Los Angeles. How much yeah. budget went to that? And, no, you know, I nothing definitely I,
2: I I definitely would purchase something where we could. A physical space where we could actually do stuff, like have a studio, you know?
1: Right. Like a warehouse. Exactly.
3: Like a... Exactly.
0: And trick That'd it out, make good. it state of the art you know do warehouse parties like like phoebe K's like in bright lights big city yeah
2: we have some bright lights big city moments
0: get some fashion models in there bring out uh key for so- He that's a man who loves the drink he'll be there yeah so- he would be I, <laughs>
2: that's you know the most what? realistic you i just watched i just watched i just
0: watched freeway for the first time ever uh i, I you know what? i'm not familiar with freeway i know of freeway too Tales of a Trick Baby. I it's think it's got that's, Vince I, Gallo I,
2: in it. It's just oh, plays
0: a straight to video crossdresser or something. Yeah,
2: yeah. But um, what's but free, what's the deal with Freeway? It's it's a kooky exploitation movie starring Reese Witherspoon and uh, Kiefer Sutherland, and uh, and it pulls no punches. It pulls no punches. My brother said that he 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 was like, "Is this Harmony Kareem?" And Whoa. yeah, Kiefer Sutherland plays a serial killer who. Picks up Reese Witherspoon and he gets more than he bargained for with her.
1: Oh, is it like a hard candy type of thing?
2: It's exa- You know what? That's funny that you say that because my brother was like, "This reminds me of Hard Candy," and then immediately oh. when Freeway got done playing on Tubi, it just auto played
1: Hard Candy. Hard Candy. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense because she yeah. has like that that like young. Yeah, she's an uh, underage
2: girl. Who, yeah. It's 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 a really cool movie. It's 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 definitely kind of an old school. Exploitation film um, done by the guy who made that movie called uh, What's that movie where Gary Oldman plays a midget?
0: Tiptoes. Yeah, he oh made Tiptoes. Gosh.
2: Same guy that made Tiptoes. Matt, Matthew, Bright. Matthew Bright. Matthew Bright.
0: It's great. Yeah, tour. I I'm recommend gonna check that out tonight. I recommend. Sorry, Tubi has so many good movies on there. Tubi is bussing. Yeah. It, they had bright lights, big city up until I know. this Dude, month. That,
2: that's so funny that you say that Jay, because when, when you said, okay, we're going to do bright lights, big city. I was like, Oh, it's on Tubi. I'll, I just saw that it was on Tubi. Not in, like it's gone
0: now. Nope. They took it off. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. When I wanted to do this damn show. So I had to, I had downloaded a torrent of it, uh, in pristine 720 P. There's apparently like a boutique Blu-ray of it. That was uh, for sale for a while from some novelty distributor, uh, has like a nice little poster and and some special features and whatnot. But uh, yeah, no, I, I went pirating, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm going to check out freeway on Tubi. That's, that's good to note. Um, yeah. And I've, I'm in more of a Kiefer Sutherland mood because of this movie. Well, well you, you brought know, up you... a good point. Here's the, here's the ideal less
2: than zero. Okay. I don't know who you, I don't know what you do with the Jamie Gertz character. Fucking leave her. I don't care. You it got, doesn't matter. You get Spader to play Clay. And then you bring in Kiefer Sutherland to play Rip. Boom.
0: That's good. That's a good patch up. That 10 times is the movie, I feel. I agree. I I, I think so. I think Kiefer's got like a naturally... See, Spader's thing is he's like a clever slime ball, which yeah. works for Rip. But if you want to have Clay have uh, Dimension as a lead character... Um, yeah, Kiefer Sutherland has like a naturally evil thing about him, just like his his essence or just how he delivers that. Even if he's playing a nerd, you know, like he does in uh, Dark City, and he's a good guy in that movie. He's got something a little more ominous about him, a little more uh, sinister right beneath the surface. So I think that would be good. That's a well, good good pick. Here's
2: something about the movie. this There's a subtext to the film, Less Than Zero, that is that why is Andrew McCarthy, why is Clay – doing all this for julian really and it's not because he loves julian it's because his girlfriend loves julian and they fucked by the way i mean that was not but they just don't it just is not properly conveyed
1: i don't feel They don't make a big deal out of it in the movie. It's very, it's like brushed aside very quickly because he's sick or whatever. But, but but, I mean, it's a
2: perfect explanation for why he's, you know, why
0: he would do all this. You know, Hmm. well, it's not entirely brushed aside in the movie. You have hiccups of it. It seems like more of a thing where they're just trying to ignore the elephant in the room, as far as that goes. And then uh, Julian has moments where. He's frustrated with himself and his situation and lashes out. Like when they're sitting at the beach, he makes yeah. a, a comment about stealing Blair away from him again, where he's like clearly pissed off. Just maybe not even necessarily a Julian, but in general or at Clay, but in general and uh, Clay just kind of like cuckled, cuckled. Yeah, just goes, huh? I didn't hear that. Yeah. What'd you say? Sorry. Anyway, we're moving on. To oh, it would subjects. be
1: crazy if you said what I thought you said. Yeah. Huh? Julian's,
0: Julian's,
1: like, <laughs> Julian's like, what, we, what, what,
2: you know, and I take her back and we pass her back and forth forever.
0: Right. Right. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, you don't really get the impression that Clay is all that bothered by it. Um, it, it I mean, it's like the catalyst for everything really especially i mean with the beginning anyway but it doesn't resonate with the character as much as it probably should uh yeah the, because i mean the, the moment
2: that, that he's the moment that he sees her again at when he comes home for christmas he starts making out with her mm-hmm. it's like he can't help himself like even though she fucked she fucked his best friend while he was like while his dick was still not you know hadn't even dried yet he's she's already fucking robert downey jr he comes back for Christmas. He can't. He sees her. He can't help himself. He starts making out with her. I thought that was very odd. But but something that is missing in that equation is well, there must be really something special about this woman or about the relationship. You know, right?
3: Or she, she doesn't.
1: Or he's just a, a play. It's just a you
0: know. He's hopeless. less than zero.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: You know. Yeah, I, I'll say Jamie Gritz does not communicate anything uh, unique at all in the role of Blair. She, yeah. She's she's doing coke. she's not great. Um, <laughs> she just loves coke and then she just overreacts. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that's 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 her role. Yeah, yeah.
0: I would have liked to see uh, more of a Michael J. Fox style turn where he's just a manic, panicky weirdo at the yeah. sight of uh, of his former love. Yeah, yeah. Gee, yeah. Doc all <laughs> and stuttering yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right well i i think we've we've uh, i think we've given both films a pretty good analysis on this show we're coming up on 2 hours anyway uh brennan you want to plug tales from when is the new isolation chamber dropping well okay so today is thursday march 3rd i
2: don't know when this is coming out but saturday march 5th we are going to get part 12 of the hit the hit radio drama The Isolation Chamber starring Low Res Bread and um, starring, yeah. yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Um, you're great in it, uh, Thank but you. uh, so so we get that on March 5th. And Tales from the Mall is just an ongoing t- talk show, um, that I host, uh, that will now that uh, sometime next week. We'll be launching the Patreon that you can su- support the show, support our efforts to make to make the show to make corresponding video content
3: for oh, the we'll show content, yeah. and
2: and bonus episodes. In fact, it's going to premiere with a bonus episode uh, featuring uh, myself, Blowergeist, and Howling Mutant. Nice. Uh, and so uh, you you'll you want to you want to support it so that we can keep going because I've given my whole I've given my whole self. I don't have a job. I don't have any money so that I can make that program. Um, So hopefully people will will want to support the Patreon. If not, there'll be plenty of free episodes as well.
0: Well, that is an an all-star lineup. I was very happy to be the first guest of 2022 to appear on tales uh, from the mall. So that was, was, and uh... you were
2: great. And, and that's one of my all-time favorite episodes. I mean, we, we get into it and we, talk a lot about movies no surprise there
0: yes i've heard from everyone it's the best episode of the entire series so be sure to download that
2: yeah download Um, download the episode of um, tales from the mall featuring jay uh uh, on either you can download it on apple music or apple podcast spotify or
0: soundcloud who hosts the show you know what you should do is you should, like, start burning CDs to give to people if they want. Like, you ever see uh, on PBS, they were like, if you want this episode on VHS, you can contact this number right here, and you would get that one episode on VHS. Sure. I think that would be a good gimmick. I think we're going to start doing that. Good, expensive. Gi- How much mm-hmm. do CDs cost to burn these days? I remember they were not cheap at all. When I tried to yeah. burn some DVDs of my own. Does your laptop even
1: have a CD burner? Mine doesn't Fuck anymore. Like, that's no, you got to buy that yeah. separate. That's, <laughs> yes. that's,
0: that's actually a very expensive venture. I don't know if yeah. that would be wise. Maybe after a billion dollars comes in. Maybe they have thing. to go to
2: Walgreens yeah. or something and make them burn it for me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> oh, man. <clears throat> so, uh, what is do you have the Patreon link ready? Because this, this will be out on my Patreon tonight, but it will drop in probably about three weeks on. Okay. Apple I'll give you the link. Spotify. Okay. Yeah. So just links. send that to me. We'll, we'll put it out there. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. Unlike our other, uh, you know, sponsors who we completely neglected this episode, Hans, you're supposed to remind me. Oh, yeah, Surfshark sure. VPN, <laughs> promo code, low res, deal slash Lorez. There's a script they sent me and everything. I forgot it every single episode. Anyway, that that's been uh, movies for this week. Thank you for listening.